If you ever wonder why we're cheesing <laughs> when we're getting ready to start the podcast, it's because Dimitri's favorite part is to clap us in. I like to clap us in. I do. Yes. Welcome back to another episode of... Shift Gets Real. This is an exciting one, I think. Yeah. This is one, actually, another one that you guys have requested. So again, thank you so much for your feedback. Yes. Um, but this has been a really... Uh, a, a beautiful journey, and yeah. uh, this one's actually got some some good stuff in it. One that we're passionate about. I think mm-hmm. that's what makes all the difference. This this really speaks to who we are mm-hmm. as people and why we move through life the way we do. And right. that is because we're going to be talking about. Um, oh my goodness! <laughs> no passion. I was like, <laughs> we're talking about exercise and diet today. Super, super key. Or health and fitness. Health and fitness. Yeah. See, that's why I didn't want to say nothing. That's exactly why I didn't want to say nothing. Both of those things are accurate, correct, synonyms, synonymous. Yes. Thank you. Health, fitness, diet and exercise, um, basically where we are on this journey, how we got there. Yeah, and we listen, you know, at the end of the day, you know, people, when you follow people on the gram or Facebook or whatever, they... Everyone's already fit. Everyone's already where they need to be, but they kind of sometimes you skip or you'll see them like really obese and then now they're they're thin and fit, but the in between time sometimes is missing. So we wanted to kind of start with where we were. I mean, no one we didn't we weren't um We didn't wake up like this. We didn't wake up like this. Yeah, I mean I know unfortunately I did not uh I didn't grow up eating like super, super healthy. So um we wanted to kind of probably start there with um how we started in our health journey and then of course how we got to this point. Yes. How'd you start? (laughs) So um, I will say I was a little bit fortunate because I did have mindful parents. Mm -hmm. Um, So while all of my friends were enjoying, you know, soda and um, or pop. Pop, Yeah, I'm from the Midwest, (laughs) but my mom is from New York, so I say soda. Mm. Um, Uh, or, you know, junk food and stuff like that. We didn't really have that experience. Mm -hmm. Our junk food initially was fruit snacks (laughs) because we loved fruit snacks. But that was about the extent. um, My mom only bought, you know, 100% juice. Mm -hmm. We didn't really drink a whole lot of water, but I think that was more of a personal choice. It was not that it was never available. Mm -hmm. I just never liked water growing up. And I learned why later on in life and we'll get back to that but um yeah so you know my we ate meat okay Mm -hmm. i never liked beef Mm -hmm. it was a thing for me Mm -hmm. Uh, my parents would cook steak and i just couldn't do it the only exception was um tacos Mm, when they course. would make tacos they do the ground meat and it was all seasoned and stuff so you can tell but hamburgers Mm -hmm. steak none of that yeah Uh, we even ate pork you know, you? growing up, sometimes it wasn't like a, a staple. Mm-hmm. Well, bacon. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> yeah, bacon, man. Bacon, it's like, it's bacon. like American people's kryptonite, man. It's because it, it is so good. It tastes so good. <laughs> Not even, I don't miss it by any chance mm-hmm. or stretch of the imagination, but um, it was actually one of the things that brought me to this 
current lifestyle and the way that, you know, I adopted Mm -hmm. to eat in the way that we eat now was because I had given it up for Lent because I realized it was my weakness. I was Uh, eating it too much. I would literally probably do like a half a pack of bacon when when I would cook it. I could eat a whole half pack by myself. Now, were you like, uh, did you like, would you put like bacon in your ice cream? Nah, like this was before the bacon craze. Oh, okay. It was when I gave it up, the bacon became a trendy thing. And I'm like, right. damn, if this just, you know, well, I probably wouldn't have given it up then. That's right. how it works, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, that, that's when they had bacon donuts and bacon ice cream and just that's chocolate true. covered that's bacon. Crazy. I never got to enjoy any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, bacon was the reason why we're here where we are today yeah so thank you bacon <laughs> yeah thank you that's probably kind of similar to us i mean we first of all i mean for us our diet was a reflection of economy mm. and we were broke yeah i mean like we ain't had shit so we ate our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and grilled tea sandwiches were um built upon white wonder bread it was like 75 cents a loaf man <laughs> yeah we, we didn't have that experience but damn yeah and when we got a little money we would get the wheat bread and it was in the yellow pack, and it was like it was like eighty nine. I remember, because you know, I we, remember that bread in the yellow. Yeah, pack. wheat always cost us a little bit more, right? Yeah. So that's when we had a little money. Um, but when we got back broke again, it was white, back to white bread, um, and it was it was good because it was soft, and you put your peanut butter on it, like it just it junk was tastes good. T- junk is brilliant. That is the point. It's perfect. Um, so we had that. <laughs> we used to eat. Um, to your point, I mean, our parents were kind of conscious as well. Um, we ate chicken. Um, I never really cared for chicken because it was always on a bone. And I'm mm, a very mm-hmm. aesthetic eater. You know what I mean? I don't like... You like filleted meat. Make my shit look like it didn't come from an animal, right? So I like, I always, I you know, when I ate chicken, I always would, you know, my, my dad would be like, why you leave all that meat on a bone? My dad would actually chew Were you on that bone. family member that everybody talked about you, the way you ate chicken? Of course they did. That was of course me they too. Did. I, never, I, never was, I wasn't black enough to eat it properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we, we were cut from the same cloth because... Mm. That's exactly how it was, too. My dad used to actually chew on the chicken bones. My dad would eat the chicken bones. That was grandma. I'm like, I don't even understand how or why you do it. But, you know, he's talking about the, you know, the gristle's good for you. And he's talking about the bone marrow's good they for you. They will tell like, you okay, anything's well, good for you. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, there are those studies out there that say, you know, bone broth and bone and other. Yeah. So uh, maybe there's some Something logic in there some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad actually was... Probably the one of the subconscious, because I wasn't aware of it, mm-hmm. but the way he eats and how particular he is about food, I think my siblings and I adopted, mm-hmm. we were very picky eaters. Yeah, yeah. Very picky. We and we didn't like anything that was white and creamy. Mm-hmm. We didn't do dairy. Mm-hmm. You know, so there were already these things that were in place yeah. that I, weren't necessarily because health. Right. It was preference, but right. then it made sense right. later on down the right. line. It was actually, oh, by the way, there's a health benefit to it. Exactly. Yeah. So. We used to eat, um, again, we were broke, so we used to eat hot dogs and baked beans a lot. Never did um, that. And then uh, we, my dad used to put hella sugar in the baked beans. Hella sugar in the baked beans. It was so good. <laughs> or we would fry the, um, the hot dog. You know what I mean? He would cut them down a long ways and it was on the skillet. Um, we had bologna sandwiches. We had all, oh all, the, all that all that. It hood, all right? like, <laughs> sounds so scary to me. We never had that stuff growing up. But I will say when we would go to cookouts, mm-hmm. I, that's when I might have a burnt hot dog. Yeah. It would have to be good. burnt though. Yeah. It had yeah. definitely burnt. But 
Yeah, my never. mom used to make meatloaf. I never like you. I didn't like. I don't. First of all, I beef was never my thing. I ne- we never really ate beef in the house. Um, my mom used to eat. Um, she used to make meatloaf. I never liked it because it was always soggy on the bottom. <laughs> like it's never. And it's loaf. It's, yeah, it's what does a, that mean? Loaf o meat. Loaf is bread. Loaf o meat. It's gross. Yeah, it so, doesn't sound good. <laughs> anyway, so you know, to, to your point, I mean, we didn't drink soda. You know what I mean? We always drunk juice. Um, we did drink milk, but we lived in Arizona for a while, and 112 in the summer and a glass of milk is not the business. It's an epic yeah. fail. It's bubble gut. So, like, I actually, when, and I was, I mean, I was in high school, just before high school in Arizona, and that's when we stopped drinking. So, I haven't drank drunk milk since I have drunk. Now, I've eaten dairy, obviously, consumed dairy through cheese or whatever, but mm-hmm. drinking like a glass of milk, mm-mm. No dice. No, hmm. I, wouldn't, I couldn't even get ice cream, like whole milk ice cream. I would have the bubble. Yeah, I, I couldn't do ice cream either. That was such a weird thing, though, because every who doesn't like ice cream? I know. It's good. I mean, it's, it's the thing. It's not like I don't like it because it, it tastes great, yeah. right? It's just like the aftermath. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, we just, I mean, a lot of our shit was just a reflection of our economy. So yeah. that's why we ate the way we did. Well, listen. <laughs> me- our vegetables, our vegetables are in the can. Well, well, ours were too. The medley, right? The, yeah. the green beans, the peas, and the yeah. lima, lima yeah. beans. Yeah, I and think shit, that was together. that was a thing, and it was before the BPA lining yeah. thing came out. So we were consuming BPA Tin and aluminum <laughs> and everything else. Um, my mom did have this thing. She would say, "You never put um, the silverware inside of the refrigerator or the freezer." Right. right. Um, so she did have some understanding of the principles of mm-hmm. what is it. Metallurgy? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, she she had some understanding of that, but it wasn't scientifically understood. It was more of a wives' tale, you know, and more of a tradition that she adopted opposed to I doing this because. Yeah, of, or like, so yeah, she had some knowledge, but wasn't able to translate that to me. Mm-hmm. I just knew that you don't do that. Still do it, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but what, one thing my mom used to say was that it doesn't matter how broke we would be, Ashley would never be hungry because mm-hmm. I could hook up. Yeah. A can of corn. You cook your, listen, even tonight. You, you won't even know that this was because we didn't have no any money. money. Right. You thought it was like, oh, you just made a gourmet. I will never be hungry. Yeah. It does true. not matter. I will never be hungry. So you're welcome. Yeah, right. Listen, I'm t- <laughs> if you, we ever get to that point, you, you I mean, even now, I mean, the shit you pull out, I'm just like, wow, how, yeah. you, how you do that? Well, I won't say you won't be hungry because I do cook smaller portions yeah but in terms you'll never be bored how about that okay this is very true you'll never be bored with the food i do be food i do be hungry because i be like can i get seconds you're like nah, there's no more that's because when i make seconds i nobody eat it i'm a grown-ass man i need to feed this man body <laughs> anyway um <laughs> so so okay so that's what we were with you know growing up in our diet and then like what was exercise like for you when you were younger like did you were your parents or did your environment foster you know body movement not intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember as a child, my dad had a little belly, and we would play with it and kind of like smack it around and stuff. And I think I can imagine that now because I could obviously. I think he did not like that, mm. and he did something about it. Mm. Because my dad, if you looked at him now, and it wasn't like it was some okay, I'm gonna go in the gym and do this. Mm-hmm. It just happened. It was like one day he just didn't have it, mm. so he was doing his whole thing, and he never communicated. Hey, when the kids would do that, <laughs> this made me feel some type of way. <laughs> I kid, actually never kids, talked to my kids. Maybe body. Conscious. Yeah, I never <laughs> talked to my dad about that. So mm-hmm. this is interesting, Dad. If you're watching, mm-hmm. um, well, why? How? What was the? What'd you do, Dad? Yeah, <laughs> did, did we do that? <laughs> um, but. 
again, with the relationship with food and how we ate and stuff. And I think we were just naturally active kids. We kind of like you grew up, you know, um, in poverty, if you will. Sure. Um, obviously, there's a, a scale to that. We were not in extreme poverty, but we definitely were not um, above the poverty line. Right. So we didn't get enrolled in, in classes. And, you know, we. it wasn't until my siblings, until Blake... And Chanel um, were probably in about early. Well, Blake actually got to do a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. It was me who didn't because that was around the time we had a lot of mobility and transition and stuff. Um, Even my sister in middle school and high school was into sports. But the eldest child always takes on the channel. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really get to do any of that stuff. But I was um, intrinsically motivated. Mm -hmm. So I developed a dancer's body not from ever being a dancer in classes, but because I would literally watch ice skating all day, I would watch gymnastics, and I would mimic those moves. Sure, so sure. I taught myself in many ways mm-hmm. um, through just watching that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I had a high metabolism too. I, yeah. you, know, you, have a, you have a mesomorphic body type. We'll talk more about that when we get to the exercise portion of this, but um, it goes back to your also your, your you know genomic platform yeah. right, your body type in high school though mm-hmm. when i would take gym classes i took it pretty seriously and i remember we had um everybody had to do pull-ups and different things like that and i did the most pull-ups in my um gym class out of boys and girls killing them straight killing, killing them. them flex on them flex on them boo flex on them bam 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was so long ago um no, but yeah i was it. very proud of that mm-hmm. i even tried to run track f- for two weeks it just wasn't my thing. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, my thing. Sports yeah. were not my thing, not because I wasn't athletic, but because I would much rather be studying languages and, mm-hmm, you know, doing yeah. those types of things, volunteering and those types of things. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I spent my extracurricular time. Um, so, yeah, I, I was blessed, mm-hmm. you know, early on. Yeah. Kind of got to work for it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're good. I mean, you're good. I mean, again, you have a good base. We're kind of the same. I mean, we... We couldn't do sports because we couldn't afford it. So I did run track because it was free. <laughs> and actually, the cleats that I had that were given to me for track were um, given to me. And they were half size too small. Dang. Did, they, did you feel that? Oh, absolutely. And you feel and track because you're, you're really you, using you, your feet running. holding your feet. But I still won state. Wow. Say something. Yeah, I ran track all through high school. Um, I tried to play baseball. Um, that sucked. First of all. And again... All the shit, all the equipment I was given, it was or got, it was given to me. Yeah. So the glove was too small. It was hot outside. I didn't like standing outside. And you couldn't complain about it. You just needed to. You just fucking stay there. And by the way, um, our team, I feel like our team sucked because as soon as <laughs> we'd be outfield the longest, mm. but then when we got up to bat, we would just be out, and then we had to go back out the field again. <laughs> like y'all suck, man. <laughs> and I never, it felt like I never got to bat because you know you got like twenty eight people on a baseball so team. So you sat in there, your two small shoes and your two small man, gloves. Everything and... just, and I'm high, and you know through the whole game, it felt like I only got to bat once. Maybe and then, that's why I didn't do sports. It just, it was rough. And then for <laughs> football, obviously, I'm not a big man. I'm six, yeah. you know, I'm five twelve on a good day. Um, I did try to play. I mean, I was I tried out for the team and I made the team mm-hmm. um, wide receiver, but I can't. I could not afford all the equipment. Yeah, it was like five hundred dollars worth of equipment. You know what I mean, my yeah. dad was like, "Yeah, no." Yeah. So all I did was uh, climb trees, uh, ride bikes, and uh, did track. 
and that's it. And then I got into martial arts because once you got a uniform, you kind of and because they just it kind of just ties on. It didn't matter yeah. what size it was, yeah. you know what I mean. So, and my dad, we grew up um, doing martial arts, um, and that's because I was my dad was tired of me getting my ass kicked yeah. when we lived in New York and, and in Boston. So um, that's how we stay active. Yeah, that's how we stayed active. Yeah, and even now with our children. Um, we try to keep them active. We make sure they get outside. They stay in a pool. The they pool, the um, or join. They're actually a part of some groups too that are highly active. Right. Um, the Peace Guardians. Yeah. Um. So they, you know, they stay active, and we we keep on top of that. Yeah. 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 Mobility is very important. That's something that my father um, really instilled in me. I, my father was a very He's a very hard man, very very hard man. And one of the things he's one of the things he told me was that uh, there's no excuse for a man to have a gut mm. unless you have a thyroid issue. Mm-hmm. My dad, you know, very clinical. I'm like, he's right. And of course, as I got older, I just adopted that. And of course, I ride high with it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm or like, unless you just don't care. Well, that's my point. Yeah. And so if if you are a male in particular and you're obese, you just don't give a shit. You literally don't. You know what I mean? Because there's no excuse. Like, you don't have. Uh, uh, high BMI index. You you don't have like you don't birth children. You don't care. So like, what, what is your? So you literally just don't want to. You've given up, or you just care less. Or you're about depressed, your body. or there's some other reasons. Insert reason here, yeah. but it's not because you're not able, right? So yeah. um, that really stuck with me. And then when I you know started you know fighting, um, you know amateur professional, it just it stuck with me. Yeah. Like and so I learned how to build my body and just build my fighters' bodies um, to get ready to be conditioned to to go to battle. Yeah, you know I mean it just stuck with me. Yeah. So. And it doesn't matter. It's not. There's no one size. Like the goal isn't about being thin. No. Right. The goal is about being healthy and um, <clears throat> being fit. That's right. right. But there's but there's a line and there's this line now where there's a um there's this thing about body shaming and body confidence, which is very important. Um, but there's a line between that and being complacent. Yeah. Right. So to your point, it's like, no, you may not ever be my size or as thin as I am, yeah. but that doesn't also mean that being comfortable being yeah. three hundred and twenty pounds is okay because you're comfortable. You know what I mean? So um, it's a challenging conversation because obviously you're impacting someone's confidence and how they perceive themselves. You know, dysmorphia is a very big thing. Yes, um, I and had it dis- affects everybody. I, I had dysmorphia. Listen, when I was in high school, I used to wear two pairs of pants. Mm. I used to wear, y'all. Listen, I used to wear sweatpants under my pants. <laughs> Everywhere I walked, I squished. Even though I had jeans on, no one understood why I was making all this noise when I walked. So I had a goddamn diaper on. You know what I mean? Like I because you basically did. <laughs> right? uh, legs, thighs was hot as hell because I thought I was too skinny. You know what I mean? Like my father didn't tell me, Dima, you have a mesomorphic body type. This is your frame. You're not going to be a large man. Now you could obviously if you went to the extreme, but you won't naturally carry that weight. He didn't. T- he didn't. T- and so I'm in high school, and I'm like, why is this dude in tenth grade? And he's got a goatee. And he's got big old calves. Like, how do, these are men. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I'm barely getting my little mustache. I have not, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm thin and I didn't get it. And so because I wasn't given that confidence or I didn't understand my body enough, you know what I mean? I, I, I developed a form of dysmorphia and wear two pairs of shits. Yeah. I think I may have also had a little bit of dysmorphia. I didn't know, obviously, that that's what it was. But I remember wearing shorts one day. I think it was in the fifth grade. And... <laughs> This little boy, I remember his name, Darnell Roberts. <laughs> Darnell, look, look what you done did. Darnell Roberts. Um, 
bless his heart, he poked my thigh mm-hmm. and kept doing it because he thought it was big and jiggly. Mm. And I was always pretty skinny. People sure. made sure to tell me that. Right. So I wasn't aware that skinny could also mean you still got some thighs. Mm. And I did not like that. Mm. And so I stopped wearing shorts. Wow. That was kind of like... And then I never really liked shorts after that. Yeah. Now I can kind of wear shorts. They're just by preference. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a long time, I just didn't want my legs out. And this is why it's so important uh, to, this is why exercise is good. Like body movement is key to so many benefits. Um, you know, obviously you have your physical benefits, you have your cardio benefits, but your n- neurological benefits are huge. When you are work that you can't not feel good about your body when you're moving Those your body. Endorphins. Yeah, when you and when you walk past and you see your reflection, yeah. you see yourself in the mirror, you're like, damn. Yeah. Damn, I look good. That that like that is a that is an invaluable uh, you know. Yeah. And you know you're putting in the work to create the, you did that. the body and the, you did the that. life and the health that you want, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a certain amount of energy that comes from working out. People it think does. like you, you're exerting a lot of energy, but then all of a sudden you're like, you got energy. I can it, go more. I can I can do more, yep. and it's because of working out. Yeah, you know? and working out doesn't have to be. It, it can be going to the gym, um, <clears throat> working on equipment and machines and mm-hmm. things like that. But it could also be dancing it could also be you know just doing some squats right you know it doesn't have to look a certain way as long as you're moving now if you have specific goals right then there are certain things that you may want to incorporate to see results mm-hmm. you know um but just move to move your body and and again what, you know based on my father what i was raised with with my father's teachings as well as me being an instructor and provider of of physical health like there's no excuse. There's going to your point. You know, I got to go to the gym. No, you don't. You can go walk your ass around the block. If you walked every day for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you would you would you would move your body. Like your your cardio would improve. Um, your your caloric um, intake and metabolism would improve. Like all that gets better just by moving your body. You live in an apartment building. You can, you can run up and down, down the, the stairs. Steps. steps are free. Yeah, yeah, all that is free. Um, again, in your house, you know, your body takes about three square meters. That's the space that your physical body takes up in a three dimensional space. You can do complex exercises like squats. To yeah. your point, squat in place. Just do fifty squats. Do a hundred. Break them up into 10, 10 sets. Um. And then do that throughout the day. It's funny. When I was at the grocery store, um, I don't know how I had this random short conversation with this young um, guy. You could tell that he worked out. Mm. And I think he was heading to the gym. And I said something to him. I think he was carrying something that I had recognized or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, does that help you in your workouts or something? Um and, you know, he was like, yeah, and I'm, I'm headed to the gym now. And I must have asked him what he, what he did or said something to the effect of, you know, the um, the equipment, mm-hmm. something to do with the equipment. Mm-hmm. And he was like, actually, you know, when I go to the gym, I move my own weight. It's, it's called body, yeah. So I move my own weight. They're called body weight exercises, and those are the best. And this is why I tell people, time, like, it, it's listen, if you can bench 300 pounds or 200 pounds, that's great. Congratulations. But um, I've ha- I have observed that people that can push that much weight actually can't maintain or sustain their own body weight. Like people pushing up 250 pounds 10 times also cannot do 75 push-ups straight through, right? It's a different set of muscle usage. So body weight exercises, leg lifts, scissors, squats, push-ups, pull-ups, stairs, squats, lunges, like that's all your own body weight. 
you master those, your body will will respond and you will look and feel great. I, and in his mind, that was, you know, the best workout. It is. You know, it's like all the other stuff is cool, mm-hmm. um, but it's not necessary. It's not. You know? Bruce Lee weighed 148 pounds. Very, he never lifted a weight in his life. Yeah. But he's like one of the strongest men on the planet, right? That, that muscle strength strength was ridiculous. Yeah. So, yoga. These women and men, quite frankly, easy. doing all of these beautifully. Hold on. They're looking for somebody. <laughs> these young um, people, not even young. Hell, it's old people doing yoga too. Killing but the, they're lifting their weight, and it's just beautiful. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. here like, okay, I'm gonna get to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get to it, but. Your own weight. Start body, there. You don't need stuff. You don't. Body weight exercises are key. Um, I can maybe write a draft, uh, a little short little workout that we can do. I mean, we we try to stay moving. Uh, as you as you cited, you know, I mean, you move through dance. Yeah. Um, I move when I out out and about, obviously doing my thing. Yeah. Um, the and you helped me do the light eight challenge. Right. Um, the movements on the That's light right. eight challenge. If any of you have participated in that, um, if you look up. Actually, if you go to my stories now, all of them are or there. Or if you go to my website, they're all there. Which is what? Um, AshleySnowden.com. Uh, but, you know, at the bottom of every card, there tells you, it tells you a, a certain workout to do for that week. Right. So there, it's all there. You can So you pair your body movement and body weight exercises with um, proper diet. Again, the results, you're going to see it. Remember... The current state of your body, if it's less, let's say your current state of your body is less than optimal, it didn't get there overnight. Like that took a long time, it took several years of whatever habitual outcomes you've created to get to this point. So it's going to take time to get to the other side of that, to a more yeah. optimal state. So if, if you're a little overweight, if you're not as healthy, if you're not, if your mobility is a bit reduced, um, that took several years of this environment to get there. To undo that, it's going to take some time. It doesn't have to take several years, but it's going to take some time, some very intentional, focused time to to to, rec- to rectify that. So just, I'm saying that to say, be patient. Yeah. Sometimes, and we all do it, right? Everyone starts. I'm, and this is the problem with um, motivation, right? Because it goes away. Like <laughs> some days you're not motivated, but you get motivated and you do like a week's worth of gym or a couple of days, and then you. Something you get you, you get sick and you yeah. and then you don't go back to it or you have a trip or something some life event some milestone interrupts that you don't circle back to it um, you gotta push through and that's the hottest part of it is it's just the mental yeah. it's all mental it's and all. I think this is why it's important for it to be a lifestyle and mm. not a diet or a trend or a trend right because yeah. if you if if the only way you're exercising is to go to the gym and you can't get to the gym then what you know right. and if you're only eating you know because you're dieting then when you don't see results or when you don't you know you can't get the things that you need then mm-hmm. you're like okay i'm done with this right you or know? you're just working out to get the beach bod yeah I mean, there's a whole other part of the year it's <laughs> got to be a lifestyle it's got to be a part of your daily ritual so right. you know when you go to the grocery store and you're shopping for food, you should be shopping for certain types of food, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's a part of your lifestyle, not because you're trying to, you know, get on some specific, you know, diet plan Mm -hmm. to reach some goal and you're eating, you know, based on calories and you're starving yourself or you're, you know, like you got to really, it has to be a part of you. Something you want to do. And I also add to just back to the body movement is, 
be keen to your body. You know, you actually touched on it before. It's like, you know, you can't do everything. And even so for you, for example, you have diastasis recti. Right. And so diastasis, diastasis, mm-hmm. um, proper diastasis. Right. But that, that's basically where she has a separation in her abdominal wall um, from the pressures of giving birth. Um, and um, there's some exercises that if she did them, they would make that worse. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have a reduction in mobility, you have an ailment, you have, um, you know, a, a lower amount of movement in one of your joints, like obviously modify the exercise. The point mm-hmm. is keep moving yeah. there are no excuses so yeah. so she can't do um crunches or sit-ups that would be very painful for her but she can do squats and she can still get core exercise and core workout through doing squats no excuses guys none there's always an alternative to the exercise and whether it's an exercise or a food item yeah there's always a way you got bad knees we can do something, we can else. Do something <laughs> about it. you can do low impact exercises like yeah. i can still make you move your body um if you have bad knees or yeah. you have bad ankles or whatever you call it so Again, there's yeah, there's no excuse. No excuse. There's no excuse. Move your ass, get up, go get it done. Yoga is also very restorative too. So if you Mm -hmm. have some issues with your body movements, start gently. You don't have to get in there and go hard. You know, do something to your point that's low impact or something like yoga, Mm -hmm. because also breath work actually helps send oxygen back into your body right. and sometimes that's really all you need <laughs> to breathe. give it back. you need to breathe yeah. so you know start there yeah start there. definitely definitely yeah. I, mean, I could talk all day about exercise y'all so I, we got to transition to food because we have a lot of stuff to get to yeah. um, some fun stuff um but listen last note on on uh, so i'm gonna i'll provide at the end of this uh you know a little short list of things that you can do that are body weight exercises that means they don't require any equipment no bands. Um, if you have your body and a stair and elevated a book, you can you can get these exercises out and uh, start moving your body. And at the end of the day, guys, there's no fucking excuses. I'm like, what? I was like, I was like, should I drop the f bomb or not? Oh, my <laughs> that's what I was going. <laughs> like, did you forget what you were saying? No, I was just, I was like, should I send someone? Fuck that. Nah, there's no excuses. Go hide. Like you. This is your body. Like, this is your vessel. Um, we recommended a book on our last um, podcast called Reinventing the Body and Resurrecting the Soul. And yeah. it talks about how mind over matter, the way you think about your body will definitely impact your body as much as the physical interactions of it. So. And also, kind of since we're transitioning into um, diet, mm-hmm. I think it's important to know that sometimes you have to start with diet only because once you detox your mind actually opens up automatically it opens up Mm -hmm. it just there's just a connection there you can't be clear and level-headed if you're eating junk because sugar alters the chemical sugar's the devil it it alters your brain it's literally like crack (laughs) right they've done studies and shown you know they've done a lot of a lot of studies and this is the guys this isn't pseudoscience i want to be very clear to the stuff we're talking about two things one is in particular to our lifestyle but is also based on like science and not science that fuels our bias but for real science you can look up studies right now that show just how impactful sugar is. Sugar lights up the same part of the brain that crack cocaine does, the same exact. So the addiction, the draws, the withdrawals. Because like, a lot of you guys were talking about that sugar addiction. And, and we get it. I mean, and by the way, it's hard. So sometimes you'll let go. Yeah, Miss Cupcake over here. <laughs> 
um, sometimes, sometimes you like you'll let go of you know the Twinkies and the sweets and stuff, but then you'll still like drink wine. Like the amount of sugar in your alcohol, and I, that's my vice. Like I love a glass of wine. Yeah, Mister you know? Wine. I, I'll take that. I'll take. <laughs> listen, because I like I like I'm, the shit I have to go through throughout a day is is a lot, and I I like yeah. to have a glass or two of wine, sometimes three, maybe a bottle. I don't know. Oh, Depends goodness. on how my day was. He ain't lying. Because <laughs> I'll have four cupcakes. Right, you will. <laughs> um, but it's like, it, but it's the amount of sugar it takes to process alcohol and the amount of sugar in alcohol, because alcohol is in, innately gross, which is why they have to add sugar to it to make it taste better. So, yeah, or bitter, because yeah, yeah. gross is subjective. This is very true. Something alcohol like- itself, without ferment or you know, elongated or protracted uh, fermentation process, is very, very bitter. Which is when you get your whiskeys and your your bourbons yeah. and all this stuff. So anyway, yeah, I kind of want to say something to that too because. Mm-hmm. A lot of people um, talk about the way things taste, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and one of my biggest things is like you kind of have to get over that. Right. Because you're not at this point in your life, if if you're watching this and you're shaking your head like, yeah, I want to get there. I want to. You got to get over eating for everything to taste good. There are going to be times when things are going to taste good. (laughs) So I'm not saying you have to completely give up eating tasty foods mm-hmm. but you also have to kind of retrain your taste buds my right. mom used to say like your taste buds mature you know yeah, yeah. and what she meant by that is like when you start to eat new things the way you think about how they taste actually changes especially when you also think and know mm-hmm. that this is helping me this is good for me the american taste palette is very sugar centric um ashley and i are avid tra- travelers you know we've been all over um, and salt and salt yeah. but specifically with sugar like in other countries um they don't sweeten their ketchup right and this is an example we sweeten our ketchup so from the even our condiments from things that are supposed to just add a more savory aspect or dimension to food the food the taste palette it's still got sugar in it um and, and that's so intentional it is and, and we like we like fruit snacks we like fr- everything sweet we like the we like the sweeter side it of our palate and this is why when you eat something like lettuce or broccoli it feels like the most repulsive bitter thing you've ever eaten and it's like that's not even far on the bitter scale right yeah. um it we you really do have to mature and retrain your yeah. palate you have to retrain your palate and then you also have to be mindful now when you're going out and looking f- uh, to purchase things especially if they're packaged on the shelf and you're not making them yourself so you don't know what's in it mm. you got to read the ingredients mm. right. if you pay attention you will see that they put sugar in things that just it does not make any sense it's like it's already <clears throat> sweet right why did you add the sugar? And it's for a reason. It is to keep you coming back. Because keep you coming back and to preserve. And, it's cheap. and to preserve, yeah. yes. But there are other ways to do that. Right. It's cheap. Right. It's a cheap preservative. So then you pay for it through your addiction <laughs> <laughs> because now you're hooked. Yeah. You know? Right. So detoxing, before you even get to the healthy side of it, you kind of have to detox you know, your body and your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not going to be like, for me, and I think even for you, it's easy. When we make up our minds, it's done. It's done. Cold turkey, we don't need to baby it. It just is what it is. For some people, that doesn't work. Or they don't think it works. I think it can work. I think it can work. You know, and we could have a whole other session. I have a perspective on people doing things. and I, yeah, I can go down a rabbit hole, but I'll just say the majority of us, the, the reason why we have this um, gradient way to um, wean ourselves off stuff is because we ultimately don't want to. 
in my opinion, if you really for real want to, because I can prove that because if something severe happened to you that impacted your health, if someone said, if you eat pepper after today, you will die. You're not going to wean yourself off pepper. You'll like, you'll literally stop eating pepper. Yeah. So, and, and we do that. But for some reason, when it comes to like smoking or, or sweets or wine or whatever our, our, our vice is, uh, okay, I'll go from three glasses to two. Uh, yeah. No, stop. Like you have to stop. Um, yeah. There's a way to, and so, but the, 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 the point of the matter is we just don't want to. Well, because we're comfortable with how we feel. Of course. We're not dead. Right. right. It's just it just hurts a little bit. And sometimes people think that the pain is normal. They don't even know what your body in a, a comfortable state actually feels like right. because everything is lighting up. Everything is hurting. Everything mm-hmm. has some. Oh, I just got back issues like it's like it's OK. Right. It's not OK. It's sugar is infl- inflammatory. Right. Some of the other things that you're eating inflame your tissues and your body and your muscles. Dairy. And and so dairy mm-hmm. and so you are in a constant state of discomfort right. because of how you're feeding yourself and we, and we think that's normal like that's become our, our baseline yeah. so getting more now into the diet for ashley and i we don't consume um dairy um we're the humans are the only mammals on the planet that drink another mammal's milk yeah it completely makes no sense um and then then on top of that, we pasteurize and homogenize the milk which strips it of all its bacteria and all the good jazz and it's we're literally just drinking um, cow pus. And it just, it's, it's counterintuitive. It's not essential. It's not important um, for human growth. Um, milk and dairy being incorporated in the diet was a result of the wartime United States. Um, after World War One and World War Two, there was a, an abundance of um, cheese being sent to the, the troops. When the war, when the war subsided, um, there was all these cows and all this, this byproduct and we had to figure out what to do with it. So Farmers Union worked with the government, and that became a USD. Subsidized cheese. It became a requirement, right, in the, in the United States um, diet plan, if you will, to to take the surplus and help farmers not go out of business. So though kind of good-intentioned, it now became counterintuitive to actual human health. Yeah. Um, we also don't consume—and by the way, uh, dairy can also is a baseline for um, invoking hay fever. You know what I mean? The, the amount of mucus that the human body generates from consuming milk because you're consuming another mammal's pus, the amount of mucus that you make from drinking that is ridiculous. And by the way, not just milk, but you know, cheese on your pizza, cheese on tacos, and just like bacon, cheese. Oh. Yeah, it's one of those things that people don't want to give up. Yeah. They're like, I don't, I don't need to do that. And it's like, that's fine. Um, but all of the issues that come along with that you kind of have to be okay with taking. And unfortunately, a lot of people are okay because they think that that's normal. normal Again, yeah. I'm supposed to feel this, right. you know? I'm supposed to wake up every day with this nasty cough. You right. know, I'm supposed right. to be coughing up every time I go out. Right. And those things just aren't normal. I don't think a lot of people don't even know what the, the base healthy body actually feels like. Right. Because they've never had it. That's right. That's right. We, we, we never had. I mean, look, we grew up eating bullshit. Yes. When, when we started detoxing mm-hmm. and um, we would go back to kind of eating some of the other things, our bodies were so sensitive now mm-hmm. to it because we actually knew yeah. what it, could, it knew what it can handle, what it can't. Right. And so people, when they use the excuse like, well, it doesn't bother me, it doesn't affect me. It's like you don't actually know that because your body is like basically a big walking plaque. Right. Th- you know, thing like you're not feeling anything. It's not caught up to you yet. Right. right. You know, so, yeah, you're good now. And you haven't detoxed to establish a new baseline of normalcy. Exactly. That's right. 
So, um, so that's our that's us on dairy. Um, we also don't consume meat, so red meat, um, and our fish reduction is also very minimal. But we certainly don't eat meat, uh, red meat, pork, or chicken. That's actually good. Can we kind of talk about that for a second? Because sure. um, one thing I do want to clear up is um, we are we consider ourselves plant based. Right. You know, um, in our home we are vegan. Right. You know, no animal product comes in this house. We don't really even wear leather or anything like that to <laughs> so you know in in terms of that however on occasion we may have fish as the extent of mm-hmm. you know Outside but even them. then there's a lot of um there's some health benefits obviously to we can find health benefits for everything there's course, there's health benefits buyers. to eating mm-hmm. uh beef you know um there's hell you know so you can to your point justify anything However, we also understand um, the environment mm-hmm. and, you know, the amount of toxins that are in our oceans right now. Right. You know, so there are just a lot is it's a lot to think about. But if you just take the time to sit down, mm-hmm. do your research and make um peace really with yourself and it's hard i mean listen because it's so big i mean this is why people like yourself and other like thought leaders and and people that are kind of spearheading um another way to incorporate a healthier diet like you've laid out some of that framework and again if you go to ashleysnowden.com she's got a good portion of that framework already built out there's a 21 day detox there's a light a challenge and she's also working on you know my cookbook is actually finished it's just in the editing process now where it's been for a while because I didn't know <laughs> editing was harder than actually writing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, we're getting to that point. But yes, and this is from years of not only research and taking classes, mm-hmm. but also experience, personal experience. Right. Y'all, I suffered from chronic yeast infections because I had a sugar dependency or addiction. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I told you I grew up hating um or not eating and consuming, which I felt very strongly about, so I say hate, um, dairy and, and anything that was white and creamy. But one of the first things that my gynecologist told me back in the day was, well, you need to eat yogurt. Y'all, yogurt? I didn't do dairy. <laughs> I didn't do white creamy. Here she is telling me to eat yogurt, so guess what I did? Mm-hmm. I ate yogurt because that's what I understood was going to help me. And yes, at the time it was beneficial, but then I had to get into the sugar part because then it was ridiculous because you go and you buy yogurt and it's filled with sugar, which is counterintuitive to a yeast infection. One more thing on sugar, just to add to that. Um, If you guys look at the nutritional label on um, any food product, Mm -hmm. um, I know you guys can't see this, but I I don't give a shit what it is. Go to your refrigerator or cabinet now. Look at anything. That is in a job box or container. Um, you'll see, you know, line items for like total fat, cholesterol, sodium, and I'll have a, a column for what that mineral is. And then you'll have another column for the DV, the daily value. When you see sugar, there is never a recommend, there's never a percentage, not even a zero on the sugar line mm-hmm. of any food because sugar is not supposed to be part of any human's daily intake at all. It's not required. Now, I'm talking about added sugar. I'm not talking about the innate sugar that's already in an apple or already found in a banana or what have you or a date. Um, I'm talking about added sugar. Yeah. There's never a percentage there because it's not inclu- it's not supposed to be part of the human diet. And now you can put, you know, I think it's kind of cool, but then it also kind of lets you know like how crazy it actually is. 
they now add the percentage of added sugar on there. So if you see something that says 25 grams of sugar and you think, damn, that's a lot. And you go down and it says 25 uh, grams of added sugar. That means they added all of the sugar that's in that. None of it's natural. They added all of it in. And a lot of it is unnecessary, Mm -hmm. you know, so you just. You got to read and pay close attention. You got to pay close attention or, again, you know, start leaning on people yeah. that uh, that are, you know, proficient in that. Um, but this is, this. so to kind of go back real quick, um, mm-hmm. this is exactly why we are where we are because we have had the experiences, some of them negative, mm-hmm. um, you know, Neo and having the eczema mm-hmm. and how, you know, we were like, okay, we have to do something about this. Right. You know, it's obviously the way that we're consuming and we since we've been together we've always kind of been healthier yeah but it's been a an evolution to get to this stage now Mm -hmm. and i don't even think we're really finished of course not evolving um but there's a lot of things that we took out of our diets because we understood how they affected the body and i think most people just don't understand how what we eat affects us we don't and to that point like so when when ash and i first started i mean taking out dairy was like a no-brainer that was easy um we did still eat chicken occasionally um and we never ate red meat or pork or bacon or any of that stuff um but we still did consume chicken occasionally and two reasons why we stopped eating it physically and tangibly was because you just stopped you didn't like handle i cannot (laughs) handle flesh anymore i just it became gross touching to use that word it became just gross i had to like tear the tendon now and the yeah i was just like yeah i can't do this and then from a again you guys all know that I'm, i'm very scientifically minded right like any mammalian being that is um terminated or killed under duress um has a state of fear in it so the adrenocorticotropic um hormone ACTH is the hormone that mammals produce when they're in un, under duress or in fear right so when you get scared it, you have a lot of ACTH that your pituitary gland is, is creating cows um pigs chickens they all it all happens when those animals are being corralled to be terminated for consumption, like it's not sexy. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a very mechanical, like just factory laden type of process. The animals they that know revered, what's is, happening. Is, is, yeah. So the and last, they're scared. So that chemical is in the tissue. And you know, that's, that's like subsecond release throughout that, that sentient being's body, right? So when that body, when the animal is terminated, that chemical is still in the tissue. Yeah. So then the tissue is processed, the muscles processed, and it becomes your chicken filet. It becomes your steak. It becomes your ribeye. It becomes whatever, your, your bacon. It becomes whatever. And then you fry it, you cook it, you fillet it, you bake it, and you're literally eating the last state of that animal. You're eating Fear. the adrenocortotropic hormone you're eating fear you're li- i mean this is so this is not even like cut out the spiritual shit like it doesn't even matter what you believe i'm talking like you're biochemically eating fear you're ingesting fear so um that was for me that was like that makes no fuck that makes no fucking sense like that's that's counterintuitive i'm not going to sit here and chemically drink eat fry bake fear that makes no sense and so that's why we stopped um, even eating chicken. So atop your, you know, your, uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> just yeah. handling it. It was the other part of that. That was the last mammal, if you will, that we consume. Now, fish, non-mammalian fish. So not dolphins, because dolphins are mammals, obviously. Um, but non-mammalian fish or aquatic animals do not produce fear the same way. They don't produce that hormone. Fish don't get scared. 
Um, and so um, their termination is a bit different. Wait, can you explain that to me? Because I'm thinking of like the schools of fish that are running away from the shark. So you're saying that they No, don't... they can sense danger. Like they know what danger is. Okay. So fear and but danger. They're not, they're not scared. They're just moving because they know like, okay, he's coming to eat Like me, this, so is, this is this is the part where you die. So I need to go <laughs> the direction, right? So it's very different. Yeah, so very, okay. very different. Um, there's a very finite science to this. But like, mm-hmm. you know, fish, their pituitary gland. Like, I don't Actually, fish don't have a pituitary gland. It's very, very different the way they process um, chemicals in their body. Mm-hmm. So, um, though, again, I don't want to be very clear. Um, there's, I'm not justifying termination of any life, but um, the way you consume, or the the result of consuming a fish versus a chicken or a cow or a pig is very, very different. Yeah. And so, we still will eat fish occasionally because, again, I'm not ingesting the last state of that being under duress in that way um but even then it's actually very very rare that we consume you know fish or anything like usually i think for us it's more of a celebratory (laughs) uh food like if we go out and we haven't been out in so long and there's an item on the menu that happens to have seafood and it's it's one of our favorite things it's a big check that we got we may (laughs) make an exception for Mm -hmm. eating that but usually we still try to eat you know, uh, plant-based, even when we go out, um, our children don't, well, Nainu kind of likes seafood, but Nadia and Neo, Neo will not mess with it at all. So, um, yeah. And again, you know, just going back to the human body, you are meat. You are a bipedal carbon-based piece of meat eating another piece of meat again when you think about it biomechanically it almost doesn't make sense that meat digests meat we're not and again there's a whole nother a whole nother realm of conversation we can get into i'm sure lots of people have different thoughts about it um there's been arguments about well why do humans have incisors right if we're not supposed to be meat eaters why do we have incisors in our in our mandible i mean we can go on and on again you can justify and find science to justify our blood type our blood type right you find anything to justify anything I'm of the mind that um, eating meat is not uh, a requirement to get protein. You know, people say, well, I got to eat beef or I got to eat cow to eat protein. Well, what does the cow eat? The cow eats grass. So clearly something biochemically is happening to invoke and extract protein. You can eat grass and get protein. Well, a lot of people, that's the thing. It goes back to not understanding nutrition. I think they should teach nutrition in school as much as they teach, you know, sex education or any other. They don't teach home ec anymore. They don't teach education. It's so important for you to understand how food works, what it is, where it comes from. The gorilla, strongest animal on the planet. Yeah, I mean. Elephants, like these these things, they don't eat nobody's meat, man. Like they're not. So. And that's like the million dollar questions, right? Question, where do vegans get their protein? Protein is in so many in sources. Um, now you, you might do, not like it. <laughs> you <laughs> might not like it and you might not like it because you just never had it and don't know how to prepare it and all this other stuff. Right. But then also, you know, you have to eat more. Right. You do have to eat more. You do. Because your body digests. It's a, it's a more efficient digest, uh, digestive process to break down kale and chickpeas and, you know, um, you know, black rice than it is a quarter pound of ribeye. Like it's just it's just a different process. Yeah. Um, it's faster, more efficient. It's process. more efficient process. You, your uh, absorption rate of those things is much higher than it is meat. Um, you have less waste. You're again, it's a, like the waste that is extracted or, or left after the digestion of plant based diet versus a meat based diet is very different. Your poop smells different. Your sweat smells different. Your spit smells different. Like everything smells different. Like when Ashley and I were going through our detox, and again, we weren't even heavy meat eaters. We may have eaten chicken. 
I smell like burnt asshole. <laughs> like, I smell well, you like, were detoxing the, uh, some other stuff. Too. I smell like what the hell? What? what? You were detoxing air. Oh, air. Yeah, extra, 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 extra dry, extra dry. Uh, <laughs> uh, underarm spray, all that shit, man, for years of that. So, yeah, it was the chemicals, obviously, the Tide and the Downy and the, you know, the Giant. You, he, this man had to smell good. So, everything had everything a scent. Good. Yeah, I, I remember I was like, oh, Johnson this is Johnson bottle and shit, man. <laughs> I got to help this brother out because I cannot live like this. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very clean person. I love to be clean. So I had like for, air fresheners. I had Swiffer. Yeah. Because had, clean equals smelling good. Right. But which, everything was clean. So it was smell good, but it was clean. But because of that, I consumed topically um, a lot of like not helpful chemicals. But that's a whole other episode to get into that part. But just back to the diet. <laughs> That detoxing. You're doing this and I'm doing this. You're doing this. Because I got something to say (laughs) Okay, you go. Go ahead. You go. Well, I was just going to (laughs) say, clean, I was being facetious. Mm Mm-hmm. The smell does not always equal clean. Oh, it doesn't. Not at all. Yeah. So I just want to be clear it's that not. just because it smells good and you got all forest rain, just because it's got la- lavender and shower <laughs> fresh after the rain, right. you know, <laughs> that that doesn't mean that it's healthy or clean. That mm-hmm. just means you got fragrances on top of whatever, right. You know, you did. So, yeah. so when you start detoxing again, you can get all this information from Ashley's site. When you start detoxing, even from the dietary perspective, let alone the topical chemical uh, perspective, like you, your whole body will process and smell different. When you're working out and you sweat, you will smell different. You initially will stink because you're now being able to sweat out. For example, and again, just to, to tie this off before we go to the food, I used to wear antiperspirant deodorant. So antiperspirant simply means it, Some of y'all still it, 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 and a lot of people still wear it. It makes you not sweat. Antiperspirant. You have lymph nodes. You have several sets of lymph nodes. In particular, you have two of them in your armpit and um, your body processes waste through sweat. And these particular and by the way, your armpit uh, armpits are, are you know a part of the body that sweats a lot. You use antiperspirant. You're blocking, prohibiting the body to be able to sweat and release Which waste. Release the so here's what's happening. One thing is you're making your lymph nodes not be able to get the shit out that they're supposed to via the sweat duct. But then on top of that, they're not absorbing all the shit that's in your deodorant. And none of us can understand any of that shit on the bottom of your deodorant can. And guess you look, where it's, it's going? A loom. It's got fragrance number 25 i mean this aluminum gloss fates all kind of stuff that's not supposed to be ingested in the body through topical absorption so and it's hanging out right here right here and this is why you know you have these uh, uptakes or uptakes in breast cancer you know i mean even men are getting breast cancer right it's just again we can burn a whole nother episode just on that but just guys it's there's a reason and a method to our madness and just having at least the knowledge, the knowledge of right. how things work, not just doing it because it's there no, it's and because it's. We have to, you have to break away from societal norms. So again, we we've been taught societally that sweating is not ladylike or sweating isn't good. Fuck that. You pose the sweat, man. Like you can now you can still use deodorant and there's types of ways you can deodorize your sweat. But if you detox, if you have a healthier diet, um, your sweat will actually smell different. Yeah. It won't. It, listen, sweat doesn't smell that great to begin with because it is a it's a waste byproduct. But it ain't gonna smell like how it did if you ate McDonald's. No. You know what I mean? So, um, guys, man, we can we can go on and on. Again, yeah. that, that this is the passion right here. <laughs> um, so just just to tie off on that. Um, this is so no you know diet for Ashley and I no meat for us um, again an occasional aquatic animal i.e. a shrimp or a salmon well done with blackened season on He's it is a how I prefer we know <laughs> even I know shrimp is probably the worst oh, it's right, high oh, in right. cholesterol and stuff so mm-hmm. you know again understanding food then you can make the choices that make sense to your body 
And you can also learn how to be disciplined and abstain from things that don't serve your highest good. So I think that's where we are now. Right. Um, what Dimitri is bringing out now are some of the alkaline foods. So what this? What are these? Do you know? I'm asking. So you can talk about I know. That. I'm just wondering if you know. These are uh, tamarinds. Okay, you smart. Yeah, <laughs> yes so these are some alkaline foods some of the um items on the list the 21 day um detox list that i have available on my website um may not be um common or known mm-hmm. to people so we just wanted to bring some things out here so you can and this see. is very key because actually i mean i'm privy to know what these are because i see her but i would never have known first of all what it, that there's something called a tamarind let alone what the hell it looks like. So going through this process of educating what's best for your body to to eat, you become, it's a new world to look at like, wow, this this grew, like this is it's available for you. It's it might, Obviously it may not be in your backyard, but you can go to, to a store and, and get something that grows like this. And by the way, it's really, really good for your body. And I'm gonna um, open it just so you can see, but. It's just an amazing process. Like the food for me has been a new discovery and I've had 10 years of having this beautiful, rediscovery uh of food but that's a this is a tamarind it has a little seed in the middle this one's actually not so i'm not going to do this to everything but i just wanted to show you uh all of this sticky stuff on the outside is actually what you eat you you don't um eat the seed on the inside so that's tamarind this is a date this is um my preferred method to sweeten um foods yeah so uh they also where's the oh here it is <laughs> date nectar that they sell now um so if you don't have time or patience or you a recipe calls for like a, a a sweetener a liquid agave or something this can be a replacement for that it's not processed at all it's literally just dates just pressed dates our babies actually eat these dates raw they actually eat them like this yep. um we the babies use this they eat this on their homemade waffles or their pancakes instead of syrup because yep. we don't again we don't yep. want when use. i make his uh <laughs> breakfast quinoa that everybody's been asking me about this is how i sweeten it with a little bit of um date syrup um, these are key limes. These are the only uh, lime or I won't say citrus, but lime or out of limes and lemons. This is the only thing that's alkaline. I know for some of you guys that can't listen or hear, um, we're going to try to do our best to describe what Ashley's holding up yeah. um, so that you can understand. So these are the key limes. The key limes, um, they're the only one you know, of the, the citrus fruits besides the orange, um, the lemon and out of lemon and limes that are actually alkaline. Mm-hmm. So they do have other limes. Those are not alkaline. These actually have giant seeds in them too. Um, so you'll know that you have a key lime by this small little ball shape and it's got lots of um, seeds inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a regular banana. I brought this out because I want to show you the difference, okay? This is not considered alkaline. Um, the alkaline bananas um, are actually these little baby ones, okay? These are baby bananas, these little tiny ones right here. Um, you can usually get these at international markets. Um, sometimes places like Whole Foods might carry them, but, you know, it's on occasion and in season. Um, and this is the other one. Uh, it's called a burro banana, burro or burro banana. Um, this actually, when they're green like this, can replace plantain or plantains, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, You can cook them the same way that you would cook um, a plantain. 
except they're alkaline. Um, and then when they turn yellow um, and get ripe, they're sweet like bananas. And you can make all kind of things out of these. You can actually use them um, as potatoes. You can make um, French fries, you know, bur burro fries out of them. Dimitri is getting some chickpeas. This is probably the favorite. I love chick I like I love chickpeas because chickpeas you can make a thousand and one ways. Um, yeah. Chickpeas and we here's some they're dried. Yeah. And it might be hard to see they're dried in my hand and they're yeah. very small. They're very hard. Um, this is the only bean on the um, list that I have that is alkaline. So mm. chickpeas um, are it. It's actually not even considered a bean. No, it's not. Um, yeah. They grow. They're cute. They're green. They they grow like Peas. you know regular peas or something um you should always soak your beans no matter what kind of beans they are mm. always soak them um before you consume them so these just got put in that water just for this purpose so to you show you how they them. expand so this is how big the the chickpea is when it's dry or unconstituted and then when you constitute them or add water to them they expand, they absorb the water. So you would let them, to Ashley's point, whether it's a black bean, navy bean, whatever, you yeah. soak them, you change the water out after the water, because the water will uh, obviously um, be giving off the, the stuff that's on the outside of the seed. It, I mean, it, the the uh, reason thing. you soak them is because you have to break down that phytic acid, which makes them very hard to digest. Uh, phytic or phytic, I don't really know how you say it, but um, they should soak for at least, I'd say overnight or you know 12 hours, whatever you can uh, do to break down that acid, and then you can cook them. Right. And they're, if you have a pressure cooker, they're very quick mm -hmm. to cook. If you're cooking them on a stovetop, it might take you a while. You can bake them too, and they're, they're great roasted or baked. But this is why you have to meal plan, because again, to our point, it's 12 hours of soaking. So yeah. you, you can't wake up... The, well, you could guys wait the same day, but it'd be a long it'd day. It'd be a long day, and you have to wait. I, um, They do sell them in cans. The thing about buying anything in a can is, one, whatever is in the lining. They may be BPA-free, but that doesn't mean it's not other stuff added to it. Um, additionally, uh, you don't know if they soaked or for how long. Um, so it's just always best to do it yourself. Um, Dimitri's bringing out some... Oyster mushrooms, okay? Um, these are one of the favorite alkaline mushrooms because when you fry them with chickpea flour and grapeseed oil, they taste, people call them like the oyster nuggets, chicken nuggets, yeah. because they resemble the crispy, crunchy, um, crunchiness of, of fried chicken. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if that's something that you really like and you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, Oyster mushrooms. Okay. Um, portobello mushrooms are also one of my favorites. We actually should touch on that too about frying. So, you know, you still fry, but there's a certain type of oil. Um, that yeah, they're only, so there's, you have to look at the list, okay? So there's a list that I have available on my website. It's um, inspired by Dr. Sabi's um, uh, alkaline food list. And I've modified it to include the foods that we typically consume and that mm -hmm. we're able to consume based on, you know, allergies and stuff. But um, he has very specific uh, oils that you're able to use in cooking. Mm -hmm. And those include avocado oil grape and grapeseed oil. Um, I MCT. think sesame seed oil, too, can be cooked. Coconut oil cannot be cooked. Oh, right. That's right. No matter what it is. Should, should not be cooked. Yeah. Should not be cooked. Now, MCT oil does have on some of the packages that it can be cooked up to 450, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I honestly don't know the science and what Dr. Sabi's camp would say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I typically just don't even cook with any type of coconut oil. Got it. Um, but yes, so um, this beautiful thing is probably the most intimidating of all the foods. <laughs> it is a butternut squash because it's so hard and heavy and big. Um, these are actually pretty small for the ones that I've seen. Um, Get but, your, listen, make sure you have a knife set that can actually cut. Yeah. Because this is what Or a really good peeler. I like to peel them first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I cut. I just it makes it easier to hold. It's not as slippery. Mm-hmm. Um, but this can kind of replace potatoes. Yeah. You know, um, I like to roast them like I would roast potatoes. Um, you can also um, use them the same way you would use other squash. Yeah. So like zucchini and yellow squash, you can spiralize it um, for noodles or put them. You can eat them raw if you want to. There's seeds inside. You can roast the seeds like you would pumpkin. Yeah, because you dry um, the seeds out. You actually, so a lot of these, um, you, you dry. You use yeah, dry so dry. papaya is a big uh, one because the papaya seeds have uh, digestive enzymes in them. Mm-hmm. Papain is actually one of the enzymes that they use um, in lots of digestive enzymes that you buy on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So why not use what you already have? Right. I dry them out, dehydrate them, and then I you can use them in place of pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you can use them um, as a, a remedy for digestive issues, and you can also use them to get rid of parasites. Y'all, we eating good over here. We healthy and eating good and over here, yo. You can even use them uh, for um, birth control. Yes, that's right. So there's lots of ways that you can use the foods that you eat mm-hmm. as medicine. Right. Um, and that's why it's so magical to me because it's this, like you're literally feeding your body medicine. And, and this going back to that, so our son has eczema. So eczema had, had eczema. Excuse me. So eczema is um, a topical. Um, ailment that affects the human skin, right? So your skin becomes irritated um, and it's itchy, it can flake, and it's just extremely uncomfortable. When Neo Crack. was a, a baby, <laughs> well, he was like one. He was one and a half. One and a half yeah. when he developed eczema. Um, so, And that was because of a gut Right, I was going to say. Issue. So a lot of people, when you think about it, everything you find or look up about eczema is how to treat it topically, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to help um, promote comfort. Um, on the skin. So there's creams yeah, and there's the ointments s- and there's symptoms. all these things, but all of that is the symptom, it's the result, the outcome of a uh, of your gut. Yeah. The flora and fauna is not stabilized, not balanced in your gut. And because your body's not digesting some of the uh, chemicals and minerals uh, properly, it's a, it's a becoming an irritant to the body yeah. and it's expressing itself in the form of uh, topical uh, irritation. So um, Ashley and I did a lot of research collectively. I was on the science side of it, understanding that it was gluten that he was allergic to and was that was promoting his um, his eczema. Um, gluten itself as a mineral lasts in the bloodstream for up to six months. Yeah. So I, when I understood that science, she then backed into, all right, modifying the diet. We call it modify to Spotify. Uh, modifying the diet and our intake and what we ate um, in yeah. order well, to accommodate. And even healthy, before healthy all of that, I also did my research, too, because I understood that babies get their antibodies from their mother. Right. So he had this flare-up, not because he was eating poorly necessarily, right, but because, <laughs> yeah, he was nursing. So, yeah, he, he had started um, eating some, some foods on his own. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that came from me. Right. And I started to realize, it's funny because you a lot of women experience um, 
allergies after childbirth, right. you know? Um, so your hormones are changing and everything's changing in your body. And so I then realized that I actually had a gluten mm, allergy, even though I ate gluten my entire life and didn't it didn't affect me, or at least I didn't know that. Until, until after birth. Until after childbirth. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's one thing to look at the child or look at the person and their symptoms, but you, you got to look at the source. Mm. The source sometimes is the food itself and the allergies come from, you know, what you eat. Mm. But for children, especially nursing children, sometimes it comes from their, their mom. It does. Yeah. And, then, and for Neo, our baby boy, kind of affected how his teeth mineralized. Um, it's, it's, a lot, it's, it's, it's a lot that you have to um, look into, understand, bifurcate your emotion from it um, versus just re- taking the time to research and understand how you can do it. And yeah. again... I can't emphasize enough what Ashley just said. Like it's the the, the, the majority of the medicine that your body needs is in the food, because that the, the, in that same essence is also the thing that can tell you up if you're not eating healthy shit, yeah. right? Um, we've I, I've often joked, and we got to wrap this up, but I've often joked that there's not enough cows on the planet, mathematically speaking, to supply Wendy's and Burger King and McDonald's all this beef. It's all can't be real beef. Right. It's other stuff that's added to it. And by the way, we got to get these cows to grow faster and be more meatier so that when we exterminate them or terminate them, rather, the meat yield is bigger. It's a lot of added shit in your food, guys. Well, it's that. And then we also got to consider that we are inhabitants of this planet. And in order to have the factory farms that we have, we have to cut down land, forests. Right. And that is affecting, you know, our um ozone layer yeah, because now that they're no they're not enough trees to protect us <laughs> uh from you yeah. know the harmful rays of the sun and all these things so the, everything is interconnected everything. and once you start once you plant that seed of knowledge and Literally understanding and, and open yes <laughs> all of this stuff will pour into place so we don't expect for this one podcast to be it right this one past podcast is going to be the inspiration for you to do your own mm-hmm. due diligence research make sense and peace with yourself mm-hmm. and you will choose the path that you take and hopefully it'll be one that <clears throat> contributes to the greater good you know that's right um so we eat this way we live this way not just because ourselves and because it's our way and we're trying to control people and we're mm-hmm. trying to we eat this way because we're doing our part you know to promote what we think is the most optimal healthy life in terms of what we consume now don't get me wrong like Ashley said, we're still human. We're not outside the human experience. No. We still have a glass of wine. I here had there. sprinkles a, cupcakes. Yeah, cupcake. For yeah, my I mean, sister's birthday. It's like you can live, <laughs> but it's just it's just knowing what you're doing. Do it in moderation. And if she's gonna have a cupcake or like a donut, which she found is gluten free, dairy free, everything free, donut free, or I make it myself, or if I just can't, you know, for whatever reason, I want to enjoy myself. Damn it, then I detox. You know, and right. I do what I need to do and whatever consequence that comes from my fun time, whether that's killed over the, you know, it don't be that dramatic. It don't be that dramatic. <laughs> but I'm just saying things like this can happen. So you, you have to also know that for every action, mm-hmm. you know, there's this is, a, it's just balance, guys. Yes, it's balance. It's so all about balance. we do have to get ready to go. But the first thing is first thing that you have to do that we want you to do, regardless of following this path or taking a, a, a page out of it or doing your own thing is just make up your mind. Yeah. Make up your mind and commit to it and and write it out and be firm to it. Next thing, move your ass. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what joint hurts. I, I don't d- d- miss me Find with all the it. excuses. Find a way. Move your ass. Go walk. You don't have to run. You don't have to do the exaggerated walk. Just 
walk around the block, walk up the steps a couple of times, and then increase that to you plateau and then increase it again. You can do something. Park farther out when you go to the store. Park at the end of the parking lot where you work. Um, take the train. Just move your ass. Keep moving. And then going back to diet. It may be a lot to do all at once, but just start trimming things out of your diet. So yeah. if you eat chicken and beef now, cut out the beef first, right? Do that for a month. And then after that, move Actually into cutting out the chicken. start with dairy and sugar. Yeah, dairy and sugar. I well, think, I, would, I would still put meat there at the top, though. Yes, but I find that, because even us, we were paleo for a little bit. This is true. I find that meat is not going to be as harmful to the body immediately as the sugar and the dairy. This is very true. And sure. then okay. once you get to that point, I feel like everything else is just cake. It's cake it's it is it's much easier because and you have to remember, too, and we have to go. But the meat, like meat itself doesn't taste like anything. It's the seasonings you enjoy. Right. Exactly. And this is, so a lot of the stuff that she talked about, the way she seasoned season chickpeas, it, the way you season yo, your chicken, put your, put your Maori salt. Uh, no, you no, no Lowry's. No, no Lowry's. No. no. You're going to use not, the not, seasonings <laughs> that are on the list. Uh, use them on the list, but they're good. They're yes. very good. Make and, your own rubs and spices. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun once you really get into it, it like is. i love all of it so don't use lowry's no all right but the point is you can season them um don't think that you have to like eat this bland you know, people always joke on vegans that salad the air like come on man. or or uh french fries french which is kind of true this woman makes uh <laughs> mushrooms uh portobello mushrooms taste like bacon you know, I mean, the way she cooks them, it's yeah, amazing. No, I so, to, and she's I got a recipe back. for that, too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, guys, thank you so very much for this. If you have any questions, as always, throw them into our DM, slide in our DM. If you have any at recommend- shift gets real. At shift gets real. Thank you. If you have any recommendations for things that you would like to hear and future episodes, again, slide a DM, drop them at shift gets real. And Ashley, where does everybody find you? Is if they don't know. At Ashley K. Snowden on Instagram and Twitter. And for me, obviously, I'm just Dimitri Snowden on everything. So thanks, guys. See you again next time. Peace. Cheers. <laughs>